it's uh, late March. Last week, we just had a shooting, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk in a second. I will get Kevin up there. But we had a shooting in Atlanta that may have had racial overtones. Some people say yes, some people say no. It was very difficult to deal with. We had a shooting yesterday in Colorado. A guy went to a, a, a place inside a shoot up a store and killed at least 10 people. So, Kevin, uh, we are going to talk a little bit. This is called Epic Exchange because it's, it's a back and forth between a younger person, that would be you, and an older person, that would be me. Yeah. And um, I, I'm going to get your, your thoughts and a little bit about gun control, but let me give it a little background, a little bit of um, uh, context here because you were in the military for a while. You're in your early 20s. You're in the military for, I think it was the Army, right? Correct. And you went overseas for a while. You, you saw action. Um, I got to ask you, because there's a story you're going to tell us in a little bit of narrative about what happened many years ago um, in elementary school. But before we get there, there's so much epic stuff going on now. Epic just meaning monumental or grand or just big crazy that um, I love getting young people's ideas. And since you have military experience and I think, let me ask you straight up, do you own a gun or do you not want to say that? And feel free. I'd rather not say that. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Not in California. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so, so talk to me about um, some of your military experience and talk about how that may or may not have changed your ideas about guns since we're on that issue right now. Okay, well, I'd say I've always had, like, a pretty open-minded idea about guns, like, especially growing up in the neighborhood I did. But, you know, I, ne I never got, like, too far, like, on, like, on why you need a gun. But I think now, like, with, like, my military experience and, like, more, like, a defensive way of thinking in my mind, like, self-defense-wise, obviously, I think everyone should have a right to own a gun if mentally stable, in my oh, opinion. Okay. Well, no, well, I think... Oh, okay, let me just stop for a moment. I don't think any... So every single person should own a gun. Even if they're... What if they're... Um, I mean, I, 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 I... Okay, I agree with you. And by the way, this podcast, Epic Exchange, is to show the world that people of different age groups can maybe disagree, but not be disagreeable. I so um, I think I agree with you that anyone should own a gun. This, this is the American policy. Okay, got that. But what about people who have... Let's say it's, it's, it happens, um, um, boyfriend, girlfriend, couples, when the guy, you know, the girl has to go. But I could be a guy going to the court also just to stop this. But let's say the girl goes to the court and gets a court order for the guy. You know, the guy's trying, he's harassing her, whatever. Should he have a gun? Well, at that point, you know, if a man is harassing a woman and if the court deems he's mentally unstable, and obviously there's a registry for owning a firearm, I, I just say you could always take it back or, you know, like do something about it. But hmm. you know, it, it, it is your right to own a gun, sure, the yes. right to bear arms. Yes, and it is. I get a lot of people shouldn't have firearms, even though, like, you know, they could test out it in a psyche valve, show that they're capable of owning one. But at the same time, too, I think it should go a little more extensive. Oh, really? Yeah, like for the background checks, at least. Because obviously, like, you see most of these shootings, it's, it's a bunch of kids who... um. Well, kid, I say kids because obviously they're not mature. I say kids, and obviously they were deemed fit to own a gun. They were able to buy a gun in their home state, and they walked in and did a heinous crime, which I do not agree with. And um, you know, you can't you can't really judge a person you know, by talking to them. You know, like there's a lot more behind that. 
Well, you know, yeah, you go now. I guess states are different. Even locales, cities and counties are different. Um, some can be stricter than others. But you know, you can go into a gun store. No one's going to give you a mental check. So I don't know how you would ever say someone's mentally fit. I mean, yes, of course, if they had some sort of a breakdown or a, a, a episode in their life um, that, you know, and they're on some sort of a list, they've been recognized by the state that, yes, this person had to be institutionalized or is on some sort of medication or, yeah, if, 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 if doctors had looked at this particular person ahead of time. But other than that, it's really hard to see if someone's, well, let me ask you a question, Hotshot. Okay, okay. We're all like again. We're we're in we're in late March. Two months ago, January sixth, we had this ridiculous uh, breaching of the Capitol building in Washington D.C. for the first time. People people carrying Confederate signs and you know all this stuff. Um, I think you know, are those people meant? I mean. Probably none of them, I shouldn't say none of them, but I bet a big chunk of them have not been, you know, evaluated by anybody, but here they are doing this ridiculous thing. What do you think about, and how would we ever catch them? Yeah. That's a tough one, huh? Yeah, well. It's epic. I get get what you're saying, but like what I mean by extensive (laughs) is like, say like you want to get like some type of like certification or endorsement on your, on your, on your vehicle. You know, you got to go through a course, you got to go through certain physicals. And I think. In order to own a firearm, especially day and age, the way gun control is like getting worse, in my opinion, I think have people if they really want to own a firearm for the the right reasons, have them go through psychological evaluations, some type of physical or like some type of like um, some type of classes, you know, like educate them like, on, on like, firearm like drivers, tri- like yes, exactly. And I think that that's an easy possibility. You, could, you know, you're working with the people at that point instead of just like causing an uproar by just taking them away or like, you know, counseling them out. I think this is probably one of the better resources, but you know, that's just my opinion. And I think it's, it's a possibility. Well, that's very valuable. Let me tell you, cause you may, a, a minute ago, you said you, you uttered something that was like, you think that gun control is getting worse. Yes. Now, hold on a sec. But at the same time, you're saying that because what, if, if I hear you correctly, you're saying that before you, can get a firearm that you have to go through some sort of evaluations or perhaps some training, some classes. You have to understand, Kev, that's that is so radically left that that people half the country would totally disagree with you because they would say, no, there should be no limitations on owning a gun. Exactly. It's our right and blah blah blah. So in, in one so how do you think that gun control is getting worse because it sounds like what because right now we're nothing like what, what you're asking for what you're suggesting what you're implying yeah um no one does that now that i'm aware of. i wish we did but yeah so how do you figure it's getting worse well well obviously it hasn't been gotten worse but you know the the, the thought about it because oh. you, you hear guys like um i know who you're gonna say a dude from texas so yes I, um, I can't think of his name yeah right. senate um Congressman, you ran for president. Yeah. And he got up there and said, I, 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 "Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean." And obviously, um, Biden said that if he were to be elected as president, that he would put him in, jar, in, in charge of his of his gun control campaign or whatever. But you sure Biden said that? Oh, I'm not sure if he said it, but okay. I, I did. I did read it in an article once, and then knowing how that guy is, I was just like, you know, things are gonna get worse. But like. I mean, like, if it got to that point where, like, they said, we're going to take your guns or, like, we're not going to let you buy guns or, like, limit ammo sales and stuff like True. that. 
I think that's why that's where I'm saying like this could be somewhere in between instead of causing a whole uproar. Well, Kevin, let me tell you. Okay, uh, you're kind of young. Now I'm not you know putting that that's that's not anything against you or anything, but you know, eight, 12, 13 years ago when President Obama was when when Senator Obama was running for president in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. All these knuckleheads are up there saying he's going to take your guns away. He's leftist this. He's a Muslim dad. He's not Christian. I don't know what Christianity has to do with it, but he's taking your guns away. And you know, you have to, you to beware this this menacing guy. Yeah. Well, it never happened, and yeah. it's not going to happen. And getting, you know, getting back to... Uh, what happened two months ago on January 6th because some of these people, they came armed to take over the Capitol. Why? Because they wanted to stop a vote because yeah. the vote wasn't going their way. Yeah. So I totally agree with you 100% as far as like having some uh, restrictions or some evaluations or some classes or some discipline uh you know, put into getting a gun because it's a very serious. Now, there are a lot of folks, just so you know, there, there's, there's lots of rural parts of America, you know, on farmlands and rural places where, you know, you know, kids own guns. They because yeah. they, they go they go shooting with their they, they go hunting. They go hunting. They could be 10 years old. I, and, you know, and they also drive cars on these big expanses of land because what well, they need a license for and go through the DMV. So I guess it depends on where you are. Um and I'm not sure how we would, how we would, who would determine that. Like, okay, well, you've got so many people in your location, so you must go through like a DMV type thing where you're going to have to have a, uh, a license and you know, and show us that you can handle it. Um, but if you're in the rural part of the world where no one sees you and there's no one for miles and miles around, I guess you could do pretty much what you want to do. I don't know how we would figure that one out, but I totally agree with you, Kevin. As I'm, you know, that's that's so cool that you would say that. Um, because I, I happen to agree with you, so that's why I think it's cool. But um, so, all right. So in the in the military, you you learn more about guns. Obviously, they did. You got a lot of training. Um, did that factor into you? I don't. We don't want to know if you have a gun or not. If you own firearms or not. You said something about California. Okay, and I'm, I'm gonna say this again. I don't think the governor or people are gonna come take your guns away in California. You know, I just don't think that's gonna happen. But. Um, but I hear you. Here's it, just in case. Uh, okay, that's okay. I think I think that's kind of far fetched, but I understand. Yeah. You know, but but it happened. People people suspect stuff. Um, did the military make you a? You know, because a lot of the uh, these. I'm going to bring this 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 issue up. The white su supremacist groups like Boogaloo Boys and the Three Percenters and where these people are. Um, a lot of them come from the military. A lot of them actively seek out folks from the military. So you obviously you, you can handle gun very, and guns very well. Um, did that change how you feel about guns at all, or did you did you come out thinking the same way you did as you walked in after you experienced? Yeah. With, with guns? Before I walked into the military, I was a, you know, a little more immature about it. You know, I think I, anyone going to gun and all. But like now, like obviously, it's like. I think it narrows it down, you know, my perspective. But um, I still feel the same that I believe, I, like, I'll be honest, I own a firearm, and I okay. believe I need to own a firearm. Okay. For, you know, just for my own safety, because, you know, you, you never want to be a victim, in my opinion. You know? I hear you. Yeah, I, I'd rather be holding and 
have the ability to protect myself rather than be a victim to something I could have um, prevented. What? Well, okay. What do you think about um, the gun carry laws? I think, and I can never understand this in California. You know, uh, I believe at least a long time ago you had a what was it? It was called um, open carry law. You could you could just as long as you displayed the gun, you can carry it anywhere. In Arizona. That's in Arizona. Yes. So, so you, you what's the word? The term there's a term I can't think of right now. When when you uh, or, or conceal a concealed firearm, so you can you can you can display it and you can carry it. But Kevin, do you so? Do you? I see a time when people are just walking around in movie theaters at Disneyland, WalMarts, carrying guns. Is that what you think you want to see or? Honestly, I, I, I'm not against it, you know, because obviously if you're if you're carrying it, you know, you have your license, you went through mm. your, your, your class and all. Okay. But obviously, like, um, so, so just think of it this way. This is why I believe, in my opinion, that people should be able to carry and concealed carry as well. Because, or, or concealed carry as well? Well, because yeah, well, I, I have my, my license to carry, which is also a concealed carry license in Texas. So okay. I can legally concealed carry. In Texas, not in California, okay. obviously. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So thank you for educating me. Yeah. So in te Texas, that, that that's a thing. I believe Arizona does it as well now, but I think because Texas is it used to be two different licenses. You, you had the license to carry, which was the open carry, and you had the concealed <laughs> carry. But now, like, since they're very conservative, you know, they're like, you know, they just make it all one license, okay. and you have the ability to do both now. So, in my opinion, why I believe it's. It's a good thing is because, so think about like you're a criminal. A criminal is always going to find a way to get a gun, no matter what. He's a criminal. Right. And then obviously if you're like a outstanding like a citizen, you're, you're doing what you have to do. And if you can't own a firearm, so say like, say you're somewhere with your family, say you're at home, somebody breaks in with a gun. I got you. And then it's say if you don't have one because right. you're not allowed to own it legally. Now, what, what are you going to do in that situation I to protect you. your family's life? Mm-hmm. Because when it comes to family, you know it's life or death, like in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And you're going to do what you have to do. But obviously, if he has a gun, then you already lost the fight. Now, I could be wrong. And this be this podcast, Epic Exchange, is supposed to, at the end or at some point, break away and look at some data and make sure we're not just getting into conspiracy theory things and look and see real data that you know comes out of um, authentic places. I, I think the police, if I'm not wrong, I think most police departments tell you, I think most of the data from FBI, law enforcement, Homeland Security, local establishments, I think, first of all, yes, there are cases when, like, let's say, you know, older couples at home and someone breaks in and they shoot the, the, the intruder to save their lives. It happens. It's so rare that that happens. And as far as someone breaking into someone like you and your young family while you're at home, it happens. But I think police departments and other people tell you it's safer not to have a gun because you there's a good chance that you'll live. Uh, I know it seems hard, it seems counterintuitive, but that that supposedly if there's a second gun, you've got one, then there's going to be a shootout as opposed to the person coming and saying, give me all you got and then leaving. So I hear what you're saying because no one wants to be fearful in their house with an idiot with a gun on them. Yeah. I, I, that's very scary. But um, I think data would show, and I'll check this out, that 
that first of all, that hardly ever happens. And if it does, yeah. Um, when when the homeowner or so or again, you could be at a movie theater. And let me ask you a question. Let me let me jump around. People are gonna get mad at this, but if someone's carrying a gun, okay, let's let's say California uh, adopts a open carry firearm license. Okay, so people can walk around anywhere as long as you're showing it, displaying it. You're walking with God. Now, yes, that would scare people. That would scare crooks away. They say, okay, this guy's got a gun. I'm not gonna hassle he and his family, right? Or the woman has a gun. She's carrying a gun on her. God bless her. But um. I lost my train of thought now about care. Oh, how do you know that they have a license? We assume they have a license. You know, they could be carrying a gun. The police, who's going to check them and say, hey, do you have a license for that? You know, so that's, see, that whole thing is, is kind of iffy. And that, but see, obviously it's, it's a tough subject, but I, I'm going to get back to what you said earlier. I love the fact that you're suggesting and open to having really much stricter, guidelines and rules for folks having guns but at the same time you're saying hey i should be able to carry one if i want to i if i have if i have my license so i that's interesting i'm not sure how we would go from there but that's that's something that's workable maybe in america where we can you know because we are the only country in the whole world that has this kind of carnage from shootings yeah Oh, okay. All right. I didn't want to stop right there. Okay. Now, so, get, but staying on guns just for a moment, because I, I want to talk to you about what you're going to be doing for your career and stuff. You're, yeah. you're making some moves pretty soon. But there's a story, goes back about 10 years. Um, you were my fifth grade student, okay, in a little town in Southern California. And all I know about it is early on in the school year, as your fifth grade teacher, you. You were, in, you were in my classroom one day, and you were, you were gone the next. And the principal wouldn't tell me anything about it. I heard through the grapevine that you brought a gun to school. I never knew if it was a real gun, a fake gun, where you got it from, what you plan to do with it, what happened afterwards. Was there a, a police? Nothing. Uh, they chose to tell me nothing about it. So uh, I'm going to turn it over to you now, and, and I, I, probably, I won't interrupt you until the end of your narrative. Go. Okay. Also, uh, it it wasn't a real gun. It was a a toy gun, obviously a BB gun. And um, I I brought it to school pretty much just to show it off, mess around with the kids, you know, with my friends and stuff. And then I happened to get in trouble with it, and I wanted to get in trouble with it. You know, that that was my my whole point of bringing it. So it wasn't just showing it off with your friends. It was another motive. Correct. Which was? <laughs> so I, at the time, I, I was racist. And I, I was brought up racist, you know, to not like black people in specific. And um, I didn't want to be in a, I don't want to be in your class just <laughs> for the reason of you being black. Okay. I'm laughing, folks. I'm laughing. Yeah. So, you know, it's just how I was raised. I'm, I'm not saying I'm wow. like that anymore. But um, that's how I was raised. And uh, mm. it was just my mindset at the time, very immature, not developed at all. And... I tried getting out of your class. I spoke to the principal. They said it's not possible. There's no room in other classes. So I was like, no, like, I said, forget this then. So I was like, this is how I'm going to do it. And then that's, how, that's what ended up happening. Then next thing you know, I, I, I get kicked out. I get sent to a, like a disciplinary school. Mm-hmm. And then I, I come back the next year, and then he's my teacher in sixth grade now. And I did not ask for you. I got to tell you, I gave the principal a hard time. So why are you putting this guy's knucklehead back in my classroom? He, he kicked out. <laughs> And, but I didn't know at that time that... So when you say you went to the principal 
before you brought the gun to school, you went to the, the principal and asked to be out of my classroom. Did you tell her because of a racial issue or you just No, said, I just said I didn't like you as a person. Wow. Okay. And they said, nope, you got to stay in that, in that mean guy's class. And so, and here you're 11 years old, probably that your mind, I guess the word is conniving, but you, you, you are diabolical. You, you came up with this, with this plan, this strategy that you, you, you're going to bring a gun and purposely get kicked out of school. That's amazing. That 11 year old would do that. I mean, that's, that, and that says a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry about the racist part. I shouldn't have laughed earlier. The racist part is disgusting, but <laughs> you were young and you, so, so tell me about, I'm going to dig in this now because we have a lot of racial stuff going on in America. And yes, we are going through an epic, some people are calling it a, a, um, Social justice uprising, I call it social justice reckoning or awakening, and it's a lot of it's about race. Yeah. So tell me about, did you know, when, we're talking about only 10 years ago or so, did you know you were racist? Did you think, hey, I'm racist? Nah, I, I, well, I knew I didn't like black people, I'll tell you that. Because, because of whom? Uh, my father. Your father. My okay. friends at the time who happened okay. to be like gangsters and all. Ah. And that was just the thing, like... <clears throat> You know, care about your own race, you know, pretty much look, mm. look, look out for your own race. And I, was, I just believed it. It was instilled into me. And obviously, I, I thought that was right. Well, sure. Yeah, well, you're young. And so if, if so, whatever your dad and friends. And again, see, this is the neighborhood that I taught in. So there are people around me that obviously did not like African-American people. And I'm, I'm half black, half white for the for the for the audience. It's like Obama, white mama, black papa. And um, and if a lot of folks think I'm Latino because I'm in that neighborhood, which is mostly Latino and Hispanic, they think I'm. I said, well, no, I'm not. I don't speak Spanish, and I, I'm I'm half black, half white, and so that kind of surprises some people because of my skin tone. But um, wow! And I, I guess how did you know? So in, in fifth grade, you were probably ten. In fifth grade, how did you know I was black or half black? Did people just talk? So I didn't know. That's behind my back. The people talk about, oh, that's a black teacher. What what was all, all that about? <laughs> well, clearly you look black. Really? Yeah. So, okay, see, I'm your skin tone. I'm your skin color. Yeah, but you know, the facial features, oh. the, the way you carried yourself. Okay. Oh, wait. Now, did I do my jive walk and my black walk? No. Yeah, yeah you did. No, I... <laughs> no, I... no, folks at home, listeners, I did not have a jive walk, but okay. Um... <laughs> nah, you, you, nah, I just, okay. I, we knew. No, no, it was obvious, you know. Okay. Well, that's, well, I'm glad. I'm glad that... I mean, I'm glad it was obvious. That's okay. And because and, I had... Okay. Um, so... Did you had you had you gone to your dad ahead of time with this plan, the strategy, or no? Oh, okay, and when but when he said, "Son, why the heck did you bring a gun to school and get kicked out?" And blah blah blah. Did you did you confide in him why you did it? Oh, uh, honestly, like my I don't think my dad really cared. You know, he always thought it was like kind of funny that I was a bad kid because obviously, like he wasn't the best person. You know, he was incarcerated at the time. Oh, oh I didn't know that. Yeah, he oh. was he was incarcerated at the time, and um. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I doubt he cared, you know, because obviously I hardly ever talked to him. But if I did talk to him, we hardly ever talked about bad things. So it was just like, how you doing? No, good luck, this and that. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see you. But I, in my opinion, I, honestly, I, I don't think he would have cared just because of the way he was. Hmm. Okay. Um. Wow, that's pretty deep. And your mom, 
what did she, I had to? I mean, again, anything here, you don't have to yeah, no, say yeah, anything. Yeah, but yeah. but so what did what did how did she react? Did you did you tell her why you brought a gun to school? Uh, I honestly, I did not tell her why I brought a gun to school okay. because I, I, I know did she I, ask? I know how my mom is. Oh. She she was more like a, she I, she didn't really get into detail because like she was so upset into and so into like disciplining me at the time. Oh. But um, I wouldn't have told her why I did it. I just told her that I just took it to show off and all. Okay. Okay. And I, I know for a fact she would have been against it and probably would have been a little bit worse at home for me. Really? Yeah. Oh, so if she, if she had heard, if she had found out, if she was cognizant of, my big words, cognizant of the fact that you brought it, you would plan, you schemed this ahead of time because of a black teacher, she would have disciplined you more for it? I believe so. Or she would, huh. yeah, if really? not that, then she you know, would have sat down with me and had like a legit talk. Okay, well, I'll get in a little bit. I'm going to get to where you've changed or how you've changed or maybe it was the military or jobs you've had over the year or just, you know, growing up and evolving mentally. Yeah. But at the time, um, see, your friends, so you, some of your friends later on, I think when they were in high school, they told me the story, the the, the deep motivation of why I brought the I said, no, he, he did not. No one thinks that way. I couldn't believe it, yeah. you know. Um, but, wow. Okay, because so some of your friends knew. Um, okay. And by the way, for the folks at home, the next year, what Kevin said earlier uh, is true. He was put back in my class. I didn't fight the, t the principal's decision. I just questioned, why would you put him back in my class? Now, I did not know there was a personal reason. I just thought that, well, if... Uh, I couldn't control him in fifth grade. You know, why are you putting him back in my class? There's other teachers you can put him. But I'm glad, I'm so glad she did. Because I think, Kevin, you'll admit that was a very successful year for you. Sixth, sixth grade was a very successful year for you. I agree. Okay. And what we decided to do was once every month, we would have, we got, I think, called a shout out. And all we would do, cause I think, because <laughs> that, that whole gun thing happened early in fifth grade, like probably in September or something. You were gone. So what I did, what I decided to do was once a month, I'll just have you stand up and the class would applaud for you, give you some attention, you know, for all the would-be teachers out there uh, who, you know, want to do this. Yes, when you have a kid, don't give them money because everyone else gets jealous and mad, but it, it takes two seconds to have them stand up and say, hey, you were here one more month without being kicked out, without bringing an arm, <laughs> without bringing a weapon, and all we do is applaud. And there was a time some months later I was pulled out of the classroom to go to some sort of in-service or workshop training thing, which I always fought vehemently to get to, to take me out of my classroom, but um, to go to workshops that I could do in the weekend or after school. But anyway, and I went to uh, the, the superintendent at that time was walking by along with the principal who was your principal when you pulled at that disciplinary school when you were in fifth grade when you pulled out of my classroom. And I mentioned both of them and said, you know what? I hate being out of my classroom this week for a workshop, but this happens to be, I, I was speaking to your, your, your former principal at the other school, I said, who was there. I said, well, you know, this is the day I was going to give Kevin his shout out. And I explained to them what it was all about. I said, if you could go by and do it, that'd be great because I'm not in the classroom this week. Well, I did not think they were going to do it, especially the superintendent, not to give her, take anything away from her, but I thought she was just too busy for it. But when I found later on that they actually did that, they went into my classroom and gave you that standing ovation that you deserved at the time, you really did. Um, I love them for it. 
So when this is all done, they, you and I are going to go outside and take a picture, and I'm going to send to them and tell them what a wonderful young person you've, you've grown up to be. Um, especially, the, well, they both care, the superintendent and the principal of that school, of, yeah. of disciplinary, the alternative school you went to. Um, so, okay, so that's, that's a very interesting story. Tell me, I got to know, think how, when did you know that you were racist? When did that even come, when did that term come into your young head? Uh, well, well, obviously, like, you know, everyone knows racist, you know, I was talking about it in school and all, but um, I think it was like, from my childhood, you know, growing up the way, on the streets, the way I was, um, <laughs> being around like, and uh, like no good people, like who are like, gangsters, gangsters, yeah. Um, and we were always taught that you know, like, like, or like, like, you know, f black people, f this, f that, you know, just Mexicans this, Mexican that, you know. Okay, so, La Raza and yeah, all of that, you know. So like, I bought into it and I believed it, and then I, I just thought that's how it was. Um, being young, learning, I thought that's uh, this is how it has to be, and this is what I want it to be. You know, obviously it doesn't have to be that way, and you know I just bought into it, and that's how, that's what I got out of it. But when did you start to change? What 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 what? When did you see? Okay, you were in the middle of it. You were you were you were um, indoctrinated into believing this 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 mindset about okay, blacks are bad and Latinos go. I got that. There's so many adults in America right now, millions who are racist, yeah. straight up racist. And if they can send all the blacks back to Africa and all the Asians back to Asia and all the Native Americans back to their tribes and all the Latinos back to Mexico or where they came from, they'd be happy. I got to ask you, Kevin, so when did you begin to change? When did you see at some point in your head, you had to say, oh, the way I was thinking it's maybe not the right way to think. Yeah. So when did, do you know when that started? Because you're pretty young, so it can't be that far in, in yeah. your past. And so obviously, I, I moved on, got sent to the alternative school. And then I, when I, I did good in there to get myself out. So uh, they granted me like the permission to go back to a regular school the following year. And then you know when I went in there, I got my um, my class schedule. Like well, not, not like class schedule, but when they told me what teacher I was gonna be with, I was like, wow. And I was like, you know, like, I was pretty upset. I was like, whatever, you know, like, whatever. You were, you were upset you were getting me again in sixth Correct. grade. Correct, okay. yeah. So I was like, you know, get it over with. So I went in. <laughs> I, I went in there, you know, like, I, I, was, okay. I, I was still a bad kid. You know, I, I got put in your class. And then I got, you know, obviously, I, I, I seen, like, an effort from you to try to help me. And then um, I, I seen an effort for you to try to help me. Obviously, you know, you knew I wasn't, like, you know, I was a bad kid. So obviously, my, my mind wasn't in the right place. And uh, I saw you were trying to help me, you know, so that that, that kind of like gave me a sense of respect for you, at, like right off the bat. And you know, that, that's when I I started like just like slowly like shy away from it, you know, not really think about, not oh. not really think about it that much anymore, and I really care for it because obviously, like even even though you're you're my teacher, I considered you a friend at the time because you know I remember the, I I remember like perfectly that I, like there'd be times like after class or like. During lunch, like you talk to me and stuff, you know, like you, you you'll see like where my head's at. You would talk to me about my plans and this and that, and like you even try to help me to get into a military school. Yes, I remember and, that. And yeah, I, I feel like you know that that gave me a sense of respect for you, and you know I kind of like you know started thinking like it doesn't really matter, you know, because like they would always tell us like oh like that's the enemy, this and that, like they don't care for you, they don't care, like you shouldn't care for them. Oh. 
So then when when I seen this, you know, I was like kind of like thinking like, oh, it's not it's not that bad, you know, like, you know, like it's not as bad as people say, you know. So I was like, oh, hmm, I'm cool with this. How about some of your friends? Were you still friends with those people who were against the mixing of races? Uh? Yes and no, you know, because um, a lot of them were already like locked up. Oh. <laughs> they were already incarcerated. So I see. I wasn't really hanging out with them that much. In sixth, to oh, begin with. oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, they, they okay. started. They started going like to to juvenile hall. Wow. As like young as like seventh grade. Okay. Yeah, but like um, like I was still I would still hang out with them on the weekends and all, but um. You know, just like it, it was different, you know, like even though were, I was still with them, like my mindset was a little more open now. Okay. All right. Well, well okay. I'm gratified to hear that. I'm, my heart's all weeping. Not weeping, but I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm speechless right now, but I'm glad yeah. to hear that, Kevin. I'm glad I had, I had a little bit of an impact. And the exposure, see, there you go. The exposure to people who are different than you. Yeah. It could be religion, it could be race, culture, whatever. It, it, it usually has good results so I hope you know we think about that as we move forward in america during this social justice awakening or reckoning um so you you moved on you went to junior high school went to high school got out of high i remember because you're always in the football and i was and tell me one other story because there's a there's a city here i'll go ahead and name the city because we didn't do anything with it but there's a city called monrovia which is in in our neighborhood and you called me one day or text me someone and he said mr orm i want to go to monrovia high school I'm like, what the heck is in Monrovia High School? That's so far away. Oh no, but it's like it's like a college over there. It's really nice looking. So I went online and I saw the school. I said, Oh my God, it is a beautiful. The Monrovia High School is a beautiful high school. It is nice looking. Yeah. It's huge. And so I did what I could to get you. Did we get you in there after all, or no? No, we did. We got you somewhere because you went somewhere and you so came Ro back. Yeah, Rosemead High School. Oh, Rosemead. Okay. Yeah. So, but you you introduced that's epic exchange. You introduced me to Monrovia High School. I didn't know even existed. That school looks that nice and very impressive. But I think, once again, your friends through the grapevine. I think they told me you really, you really want to go because of football. Yeah, that, that, that was one of like the the main, <laughs> the main factors, obviously. Okay, know. okay. Well, would you, wouldn't you say that sports helped you out also to yeah, grow up? Yeah, a lot. There you go. Talk about that. Yeah, that's a. Uh, you know, I I never really wanted. Well, I did play sports growing up. I played I played baseball my whole life. Mm -hmm. and I, I I boxed for a couple of years. Oh, but um, you know, like football stuff like that, like 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 that, like those big team, like um, those teams, like like uh, how do I say like, you know, the, is it different camaraderie like in a football team compared to a baseball team? And my, like, cause I feel like you're you're like more a little like tight knit. In, with football with team? football yes okay. you know I, and yet you, you have to buy into the program too you have to buy in to be a football player because you know the the, the long practices you're practicing every day and then you're, you're always around these other like well, children at the time and you know, I, I wasn't really like into all that you know i just i wanted baseball was cool for me you know you just show up to practice you play your game and that's it football is a little bit different than that so like I don't want to put the time in, you know, so in oh, the effort. When you were younger, when, when you, I was younger, right. so but when I so I never I wasn't really all there like with my discipline, but um, you know, freshman year, one of my friends like he, he talked me into joining because mm. um, I guess the freshman team was like low with men, well, well children, they, they didn't have enough um, kids on the team, mm. so one of my friends talked me into getting the team and all, so I was like, you know, what? I'll give it a try, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a try. So then I went to the practice next, you know, I loved it. And I bought into it, you know, the program, the way, like, it, it taught me a lot of life lessons. You know, the, I had a really good coach. He, mm -hmm. he wasn't the best coach when it came to playing, you know, like, because obviously weren't that good. But um, 
he he was good at molding men. You know, uh-huh. like, like, okay. Putting our, our mind straight, showing us how, how you should really be as a man. And I, I bought into it, and I feel like it did, it did discipline me a lot. It made me take school a lot more serious because, obviously, I needed to get grades to play. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, okay. and then it just... You know, that's that's when I I knew I had leadership potential, and I I was ready to be accountable for all everything I do and you know, get things done. Well, okay, cool. So you were playing. So the sports disciplined you. Also, as you were growing older, and your brain was evolving. Yeah. So all things came together. And I'm yeah. So I I know how important sports were. I saw you a few times, like playing Pasadena and stuff, and I saw how much you really enjoyed being out there. So, you know. Early in your life, early in your your educational career, you you were playing baseball because the teams were not that tight knit. You could just go in there and play and enjoy and go home. Yeah. But you said football is a little more tight knit. It's a little more um, team, much more teamwork. It seems now. I'm sure some folks would disagree with you on baseball. And say no, no, we're tight. We're team two. Whatever. We got that. But so, but in your life, in, in your belief, you felt that football. Football demanded more from you. Correct. In the beginning, you you weren't willing to give that, but towards the end, you did, uh, or later on, you did. Um, yeah, and you were spectacular. It was it was fun watching you play. Uh, I remember I got mad at you because you were going we were going to put you into a, a a college around here, and we walked around a couple of these colleges and and um, I don't know if we we I know you fell in love. You saw the the field, the football field, whatever. You're like, oh, I want to go to this school. And I'm like, but Kevin, if you're gonna go to school and take classes and study and you wanted to get a job i think you also want to move out of your house you're like 18 or 19 yeah. you wanted to move out and i said well you can't do everything at once and <laughs> and and <laughs> and we de- i thought we decided when we left that we'll put you we'll get you in that school but you won't play football and next thing I know i think you sent that football coach at that college yeah. i don't know how you did it I don't know how you found out who he was, and and you sent him a was it a CD of your plays, your yeah, my, football, my highlight video, your highlight videos <laughs> behind my back. I said, Kevin, didn't we say you wouldn't have time to go to class and study and get a job, and play football? But um, so I, that didn't that didn't happen. But it's funny that, that that you had the wherewithal, you had the ability to con to to, to seek out what you wanted. Because you want to go to college and play football, um, so but then you went on to other avenues, and um, I gotta ask you, when did you start thinking about the military, um, and why the army in that in that case? Well, you know, like I was I was looking at other ideas, and I I, I spoke to other people, and like they were like, oh, laws, law enforcement, law enforcement at the time. So that's when I was like, all right, so I I get a, I got to get a prerequisite. So that's when I started doing that security job when I moved up north. Oh right. Moved up north, I came back, and I was like, I wanted to join the military, but I was like very like skeptical about the idea. I was like, I, I don't know, like if I could do that, or like, oh. should, should I do it? And then you know, finally, it didn't work out in Washington, so I came back, and I was like stuck in between, like, what do I do now? Right. Because because so, I mean, in reference, I'm sorry, because a lot of your friends yeah. had gone to college. They, they took I don't want to call it, I don't want to call it the easy way, yeah. but it's the familiar way. Yeah. They just went to college, but you didn't. You weren't sure about that that yeah. path. Yeah, okay. so you know, like obviously we're always taught in school. You know, college this you need to go to college to be successful. But at, at the time, like even though I I feel like I was mature enough to make like a decision like that, but I told myself like you know I, I don't think college is for me right now. You know, like. Now that I go to school, I'm not going to take it serious. And mm-hmm. So that's when I 
I was looking at other like resources, you know, I was like, you know, maybe like the military won't be so bad. I might get stuff out of it. And I spoke to people who are in the military and they recommended it. So I was like, no, I'll give it a try. So that's where I went about joining the military. And the army was your first choice? No. Oh, what was your first choice? Uh, the Marines. Oh. I tried to be a Marine, but um, I broke my elbow playing football my sophomore year of high school. Darn that football. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, like. The Marines are very like underfunded because you know they're they're like um they fall under the Navy they're, right they're like Department of the Navy yes, they so are. they don't have that much money like a lot of the stuff they get is all like all like old equipment from the army or like hand me downs I didn't know that yeah. okay I'm gonna check into that one yeah, okay they're, they're very underfunded so like um when I went in there I, that's why they say like all oh, the few are proud because obviously like they don't have the resources that the army does because right. it's its own department so um. I went in there, like, I was doing the physicals, and then they found out that I had broke my elbow, and I still have hardware in my elbow. They're like, oh, we, we can't get you to see a, a doctor to clear you, to to give you a waiver. And I was like, wow. Like, so, so where do we go from there? And they said that I didn't qualify for service. And I was like, what? I was like, whatever. So I, I left, and then um, as I was, because the Marine recruiting station is right next to the Army uh, oh, recruiting station. okay. So as I was leaving, um. I, I, saw, I saw one of the recruiters from my high school, like, because we would have recruiters come oh, to our, our high school, like, right. during lunch, talk to the kids, you know, like, oh, what's your plan? And I, I remember, like, um, in my little area where we where we ate lunch, um, there's one recruiter would always come and talk to us, you know, he'll be he'll be <laughs> saying, saying, like, mm-hmm. talking shit with, mm-hmm. with us. And um, he, he, like, he would talk to me about, like, nah, I'm not interested. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to school and stuff. And then um, he was like, all right, he respected it. So then he see me walking out of the, the Marines recruiting station. He tells uh-huh. me, he's like, what happened? And then um, we talked about it. I tell him the situation. He's, he's like, he's like you, you consider the Army? I was like, not really. I was like, I didn't put too much like thought in it. And he was like, he's like, he's like what, what if I told you I could get you to see a doctor within a week and get you cleared? And I was like, and I was like I'm going to talk about it. So then we went into his office and stuff. Uh-huh. And he told me what I wanted to do in the military. And I told him I wanted to be in the infantry. And, uh, well, how'd you know what that was at the time? Well, because obviously I did my research. Like, oh, I was like, okay. what, what job would I want to do in the military? Damn, Kevin. Okay. And at the All time, right. I, I wanted to be frontline. You know, I, I wanted to be in combat. I wanted to get that experience. So I remember you told me that. Yep. I told him I want to be in the infantry. And then he, he looked it up to see if there was any um, openings. And he found an opening. He's like, yeah, you could ship out in January. And I was like, let's do it. Wow. Okay. And, I'm sur- and you served dutifully and faithfully and honorably you served our country and we all thank you for it. i know a lot of people are saying we shouldn't say it now because it's kind of it's not a put down but i'm getting a, a few years ago people were going up to military people saying thank you for your service yeah but then there's some uh pushback from that now like no don't it, they don't some people don't they find that i don't know demeaning i'm not sure what to term it, but that that it doesn't by saying that to somebody, it doesn't really carry any weight. I don't know, but I do want to say I do want to thank you because you served your years, and you're still an act. You still are, you're inactive right now, right? Yeah. So they can call you back if they want to. If there's yeah. ever a war, they can call you back. Yeah, definitely. Are you are you um, I'm say happy. Are you are you glad you went into the? Of course, you did I, that path. Yeah, I, okay. I loved it. I, I honestly, I didn't I didn't want to get out. And so why did you? It just it, the whole environment changed, you know. Obviously, like with society changing and becoming like, you know, like very liberal. Like um, yes, and like, like I know I I feel I feel like the the military is a place where like it's just stay away from politics. It's just stay away for, like you know the so, stay away from the social agenda. You know, if you're pre- if you're preparing men for war, 
you know, I think like um, what's happening like socially or like you know with politics, it should be like stay away from that because when it gets influenced like that, you know, like it weakens the military, it weakens the men, and you know, you're just not working together. And I, in my opinion, that's what I thought it became because uh, obviously when when I went in there, I graduated my basic training. I had really tough drill sergeants, and um, I got to my unit. And when I got to my unit, they, um, they said, oh, like, and you showed up just in time. I was like, why is that? And they said, we're leaving to Iraq in three months. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, damn, I didn't think I was ready, you know, because of, you know, how they, what they taught us at, at our training. So, you know, I was like, let's, whatever, let's do it. And I'll do what it takes to get ready. And I, I had a pretty tough leadership, like, really tough. You know, they, I feel like they molded me into, like, becoming okay. that, that, that warrior. And, you know, I feel like you got to be tough. You know, you got to be very violent and just be a man, you know. And um, so I, I went to I went on my deployment. It went, it went just like I expected. I, I came back. You know, I, I wasn't like I wasn't too disgruntled, but um, I came back and a lot a lot of the policies in the military had changed. You know, that, that a lot of things got lifted where like um, obviously um, women were allowed to be in the infantry now. I'm not saying no women should be in an infantry, but I think some could do it, but a majority can't. But aren't the majority who can't, aren't they kicked out? I mean, the nah, ones that don't make it's it. it it's not like that anymore. Oh. That's why I'm saying this is why I got out. Because oh. it's not, because this was a push from like people up there in the military. Like this is coming down from like the Pentagon, you know, like right. the, main, the main heads. And they said that because like the way like society is, they want, they want like, like the whole like sex exact, they they want women to like be in those roles, say that women could do it, but realistically, in my from my from my experience, they they weren't making it, okay, because it, a lot of them weren't really there because they wanted to be there. They were there because they wanted to prove a point. So like um, because so, if you want, think about it like, like uh, anyone could join the military, you know, but like the infantry is different, you know. You have to want to be there to be a good soldier because what you put your body through, what you have to do for others, you know, you got to be selfless. And a lot of them, they weren't doing, like, they, they couldn't make it, like, you know, because we had, like, a lot of these women coming in. They were, like, 5'2", weighing, like, a, a buck 10. And think about it. So, like, it's cool. Maybe you got the heart to do it. But physically, you, you got someone as small as yourself. And then we have other men who are, like, 6'5", like, 250, 230. Say they go mm, down. Yeah. Uh, they go down. Now you got to drag their body. And then you got to throw them over a wall and while still having your weapon up. They weren't able to do that. They, they couldn't carry their own weight. And the military, like, we would tell them, like, like um, they can't, they're not hacking it. But a lot of them say, like, make it happen. You know, you just, and they started getting fast-tracked into leadership roles. We, we had a lot of men who were, like, perfectly fit to be sergeants, team leaders and all. But because of, like, the whole, like, movement to get the women through, a lot, a lot, a lot of those guys were getting put to the side. And they were fast-tracking the women into uh, leadership roles they were not ready for. And I was seeing that, and like it was affecting the how the men were, the morale, the morale, and everything. And like a lot, a lot of really good soldiers who I thought were great leaders, some of the best leaders I've met in my life, started getting out. And that's when that's when I was like, what? You know, like this, this thing's bad. And I saw, I'd rather not talk about it, but I, I saw some things within the ranks where I was just like, yeah, like no, this is it, you know? Because um, I would come in because uh, I was a team leader. I would come in and I'd be upset every day, like at my soldiers, you know, getting on them. But I couldn't get through to them because just I think like people think different now. Like um, obviously, like the military is like one thing, but uh, you know you you get hazed. It's just it's part of it. 
Mm. Like a lot of them, like they don't want to go through like their like um the the, the, the rookie phase. You know? okay. they, they they wanted to to have an opinion. They wanted to speak up this and that. But we're telling like this isn't how it works. You know, like um like <laughs> uh, this is not how it works. You you, you got to earn your respect. Oh, you know, because okay because because think about it. So like um. You're looking out for each other's lives at this point. It's not just like about your feelings. It's about people's lives at stake. You're getting ready to go to war, not to go play a football game. So you know, like if you show weakness right away, you're off the bat. You got you got to earn the respect of your brothers. You got to let them know you got you got your you got their back and sisters now, obviously. And a lot of them weren't doing that. You know, they weren't buying into it. They were just like. Oh, you can't tell me this because of that regulation. You can't treat me a certain way because of this. And like, <laughs> oh. you know, we, we couldn't say much because even our even our commanders, our commanders were against it. But you know, it wasn't up to them. And I feel like that that weakened it a little bit. So I was like, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm too young to be angry every single day. I was like, I was like, and I'll just I'll move on. So then I found a different career that did me pretty well, and well, I am where I am now. And. Uh since this is epic exchange, let me take a moment to say that if you want to reach out to us, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be at <laughs> listen and say, what the heck? Kevin's talking a bunch of smack, and I'm going to respond in a second. But you can always contact us at epicexchangepodcast at gmail.com. Um, you know, Kevin, there's a couple of thoughts I have because this is called Epic Exchange. So I'm going to exchange right now some stuff because I, yeah. I, I'm hearing what you're saying, and we can, we can disagree without being disagreeable. Yeah. Not when you were a football player, but going back about 20 years, I lived in this this neighborhood where some of my neighbor's boys were in football at the high school um, on the football team. And in the summertime, I think they called it Hell Week, whatever, in the, in the olden days. I don't know if they still do that now, but it was a tough, it was like the couple weeks before school started and they go out there and, you know, do all their stuff, drills and everything. But there was sort of a hazing element to it where the the younger ones on the team were the first ones on the, or, or the, the freshman or sophomore. I remember, again, this is years ago, some of the guys just terrorized by the older guys on the high school football team, the, the uh, juniors and seniors, because <laughs> they would say, you know, Randy, can you come hide me because they're what? after me? And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, they put guys in trash cans and they do they do all stuff to them. And I'm like, what? And okay, so I I hear you and I know that was a that was a I don't want to call it a routine, but that was a given when you joined football. That that was a way of 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 of, uh, of pushing um, creating uh, camaraderie and and fellowship and. I guess, like, you know, like you said, um, we had to go through it, so now you got to go through it, you know. And yeah. so I just remember, I, I remember thinking, God, that is so archaic. Why can't someone just freaking play football without worrying about yeah. someone, you know, kicking their butt? Um, so there's that issue about that. And yeah. you want to respond to that before I go on to the military and black people well, in the military? Not, fo- or, football, I get it, you know, it's football, like I said. Like, you know, you're playing a game. You know, you're playing to play a game, but... The military just take in mind that this is this is people's lives. We have to test what kind of man you are before we put you out there with us. But why can't but why can't they just Kevin? I'm to interrupt. But why can't why can't I I get when you when you say a woman is a a buck ten when she's 110 pounds. And yeah. How she can pull a guy over and carry? I get that totally. And, and someone has to, you know, explain that to me how that's possible. Yeah. If you physically or mentally cannot pass the test, but. Or, 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 or the demands of you. 
as a soldier. But what, when, when you were talking a few minutes ago about, you know, women in the military and the change up and all that stuff and, you know, people are getting out. I think about back in the 1950s when Eisenhower, President Eisenhower, who was the supreme commander in World War II and became president, and he um, what's the word, uh, desegregated the military. He, he told people, well, you know, you're good. Now, at that time, I'm, okay, Native Americans... Asians and or now it's, uh, it's um, Asian American AAPI Asian American Pacific Islanders and uh, Latinos that like Mexican American they just weren't that big of a deal I'm sorry back in the 50s yeah. in the 50s was black and white so when Eisenhower said oh, well, guess what you're gonna have to have blacks and whites integrate and there was a lot of pushback about that you can imagine now here's yeah. a here, here's a no uh, here's a general saying we can't have separate things in the army. We're one nation, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. I know it took a while, and I can bet you right now, I, if I know for a fact, some people, was this, 70 years later, you know, three generations later, people are still adamantly opposed to blacks being in the military. And there are still people, I guess whites, who are going to say, I'm not going to have a black commander over me. He's not going to tell me what to do. Okay, that's still out there. It may be diminishing. I hope it is. Um, and now we have Latinos and Asians and Native Americans and a lot more in numbers, hopefully, in the military. But I, you know, I, I just think, you know, and talk about when you say, well, why you, you have to prove that you can, that you have our back. Mm -hmm. Well, I can just see, and, and we're going to wrap this up pretty soon because it's been yeah. about an hour, but I, 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 I can just, and we can come back again when you come back in town in a few months because you're going away for some uh, career training. You're going away for a few months. What, what city are you going to go away to? What city or well, state? It's, it's Oroville, California. It's about like 20 minutes south of Chico. Okay. So you're going away to far away, but somewhere in California, up north, I think. And to, to, to get some training for a whole new career thing you're going to be doing. That's so cool. I'm so proud of you. And you are a wonderful person. I just got to say that people are going to say, well, who are you to tell a woman that she doesn't have uh, what it takes to be a mirror? She will have your back. Um, uh, it, 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 see, my thing is, if she can do the job, if she, I, and again, I, I get you, if she's five foot, there has to be, now, first of all, there's got to be some sort of a limit, a, a size or weight requirement or something to lift Okay, I'm gonna check into that, but you, I, I, I believe you because you were there, I wasn't. Yeah. So you were there. So if you're saying they've lifted everything and anyone can go in, um, then okay, that 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 is a legitimate argument. Yeah. But as far as looking inside their head, inside their brain, if they're gonna have your back or not? Yeah, well, honestly, like, I think I think you got it a little bit out of context. Oh, okay. Maybe I did go. say it wrong, but uh, go ahead. I, I, I didn't. I, I didn't say like. You know, women can't do it, but I'm talking about like obvious factors and like, uh, and obviously from my experience, you know, I'm sure there's women out there who could do it. I'm saying from my experience, this is what it was, and physically <laughs> they, they just weren't able to hack it. I get you. And um, you know, mentally, I, I don't know what their mindsets. Maybe they're willing to do it. Like, I believe you. You know, I believe. Like I said, they have heart. They're doing it for a reason. But when we're talking about being realistic here. Uh, obviously from my experience like um a prime example is um we had a training operation it's 15 weeks of us in the field pretty much and um it's, it's very um like physically dressing you know it, it hurts okay. you, you, you little to no sleep and you're moving all the time covering heavy equipment 
And um, we had it. We had this one time, and she was one of the bigger girls we had. Well, women. She was one of the bigger women we had. And, you know, we thought she'd be fine because, you know, she, she looked like she was pretty built. But it, it, I think it was like day 10. Um, <clears throat> it, was, it was like a, we're doing like a like a foot march kind of like on our operation. And we're, we've been hiking for like like almost a day already, like moving and moving. Like we'll move, stop, move, stop, set up security. And it got to the point where we're going up a hill and she just like she couldn't take it anymore. She, she like she's like, I can't like she was dragging ass. Like, you got to stay in formation. So like we're getting on her like, you know, like. Get back to your position, you know. You're making everybody else vulnerable. Mm. Like we're, you got, you got to be an asshole. So we're pushing her. She's like, she's like, I can't, I can't. So then she just stops, and she, like stops moving, stops moving her feet. And we're like, what are you doing? You know, like you got to keep moving. Like you're making everybody vulnerable. Like we're in the open. And she's like, I can't, I can't. So then we, you know, our commander came da- came back. Our commander came back, and he's like, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And once he comes down, you know, that's when they're going to get on the team leaders, right. the squad leaders. And you were a team leader, right? Yeah, and we're, and then, like, to be honest, sir, she can't hack it. Like, you know, like, she's not adapting. She, like, she's got to go. And he agreed with it, but obviously he can't do that because of the way it is now. So... We, he he gave her her weapon to somewhat to another soldier. So now this soldier is carrying two weapons, and then he he we have a the rucksack. Or we had like the the bag on our backs. And, you know, majority weighs way between like, like between like, like like it's a lot eighty to one hundred and twenty right. pounds. And, that, and after days, that's heavy. You know, maybe you mm-hmm. could carry it for like twenty minutes, but trust me, after an hour of walking around with that with no sleep and little food, that thing hurts. And he he somebody else had to carry that now. Including their pack. Wow. And that, wow. That's where we're like, like, come on. So now she she's carrying nothing. So she's walking and she's still dragging ass. And we're just like, like, dude, like, come on. So then we got to the point we got on her, and we told her like, you know, you got to suck it up. Like it hurts. We're all hurting, but you know, you just got, you got to find that extra push. And um, I, I get they have the heart. You know, I'm not saying women can't do it. You guys could possibly do it, but. I'm speaking from my experience, and you know, physical capabilities are obviously there. Um, well, not well, not with her. I mean, like, 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 the I mean, what I mean to say is like it shows that she oh, she, 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 she couldn't do it physically because of right. her capabilities. No, it's obviously different. You know, Kev, you said something earlier. Well, first of all, okay, I know people. If if, if there are any listeners out there, because I know I'm thinking. Okay, there's got to be a lot of men that don't make it either, right? Oh, obviously. Oh, okay. Yeah. We, get, we get them out. Oh, okay. And there's got to be some women that do make it. Uh, come on. I'm sure there is, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, you just haven't seen any. Yeah, like I, I said, I'm sure there is. Okay. I, I'm sure there's, 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 there's different women out there. But I'm saying from my experience. That's why I say I don't doubt you guys could do it. You know, But I'm saying from my experience, this is what it was. And obviously, like, feelings came into play as well. You know, we, we had to be like a... <clears throat> We we need to, to like um, check ourselves a little bit more how we talk you know like, I like obviously you. morale camaraderie changed because we're we're all men we're used to one thing so obviously we we had to filter what we do you know oh, I like that okay yeah we had to filter but, what we do and we did it you know we we, had, we showed no disrespect to the women we we didn't make them feel uncomfortable in my experience and um, I feel like it, it was just changing because you okay. had other you had younger soldiers younger men coming in. Mm-hmm. And obviously they were getting special treatment, so they they saw like that they were getting the women oh. were getting special treatment. So now they wanted the same thing, and that's why I say that it kind of like weakened the morale. Okay, so the military is changing. And when you okay, a couple of things because I go on forever with you. We gotta wrap this up. But yeah. 
a little while ago, you, you, you did make a comment that like said maybe, maybe you misspoke. It's very possible. I do it all the time. But you said something like women don't go in because they want to go in because they want to like, prove something. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure a lot of people at home are, want to shoot you right now for saying that. <laughs> <That's fine>. um, <laughs> so <laughs> they go out and get their, their carry permit. Um, so I don't think you meant to say that. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not okay, what I, I didn't yeah, think it's, so. It's, I, not, it's not what I meant to okay, say. Okay, that's why I want to catch that one. Yeah, but that's where I felt like, um, well, in my experience, like I said, the the women we had, like, um, mm-hmm. they, they it's just because you got to buy into it, man. Like, um, and I, I feel like any man could do it. You know, like we're all human, and as long as you push yourself, prepare yourself, anyone could do it. But not any woman. Yeah, you know, like I said, you could. Well, you said any man can do it. I said anyone. Oh no! I thought you said any man just now. No, I said but, any, anyone. Oh, okay. any, anyone, any, anyone can do it. Okay. Anyone can do it. You just okay. gotta put your your mindset there, have the heart, and get your body ready because it's not easy. You have to buy into it. Well, right, and and a lot of folks don't make it. That's why they have the well, we call it boot camp. You call it basic training or something. And yeah. Yeah. So that hopefully the weeds, it's supposed to weed people out. No, it doesn't. Uh, okay. I'll tell you that. Oh wow. Okay. You know what? That's that's. That's a discussion for another time because yeah. I would love to have that with you. Um, but Kev, it's a it's a it's a beautiful Tuesday. It's now around noonish Tuesday afternoon, and yeah. we covered so much stuff. Thank you for coming. Yep. You know, um, and again, let me say, if anyone wants to hear the whole thing, you can you can you can go to Epic. That's E P I C Epic Exchange Uncut. Um, at wherever you do your your get, get your podcast, and you can reach us again at Epic Exchange Podcast at gmail.com. and uh, maybe we'll catch Kevin on the other side when he comes back in a couple in a few. I think it's like it's a four month training program, yeah. right? So so that'll be probably somewhere around July or something. You coming back in twenty twenty one, so maybe we'll talk to you on that side. But thank you again for coming, man. It's good seeing you again, and and you were not. Something you said earlier, you kept using the word a bad student or a bad guy or a bad kid. You were wonderful. You were fantastic. That's why you're sitting here in my home studio talking to me. And you've come a long way. You've, and, and you've grown mentally, emotionally, spiritually, um, psychologically. Maybe someday it'll be financially and economically <laughs> money-wise. But good for you, man. It's good seeing you. You are a good person. I'm glad you're on earth. And I'm glad you're in my life. So... Hey, folks out there, uh, remember, hate is learned, so let's teach, let's teach love. Peace.